This podcast contains explicit content. Hardly Focused presents. Hey, I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think. The Act and Act Show. Act. I told myself, Mario, take it easy. Jack. Well, that's just fucking doodle dandy. You are listening to The Act and Jack Show. The balance beam. Welcome to the Ack and Jack Show. Happy New Year! Thanks, Dick. Happy New Year, indeed. Uh, you can find us at ackandjack.com, accandjack.com, Chris Acciardi, Jack Gill. Uh, hello, Ack. How are you now? Not so bad. <laughs> Fought. No, I did it. God damn it. What a great start to the year. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's all downhill from here. Fuck. Uh, well, I am good. Thank you for asking. If I may seriously answer your question. Um, how was your holiday? Holidays. Good. Yep. Uneventful. I mean, uh, Christmas was fun. Big family affair, as always. Uh, New Year's, very uneventful. Low-key. Switched over to live TV for two minutes to watch the ball drop. And then uh, went back to playing video games. Nice. Nice. Uh, Mine also very uneventful. Mm -hmm. I think, is that just like what happens when you hit a certain age? You just don't care anymore? Yeah, I think the whole appeal of New Year's when you're young or have like healthy living habits is staying up until midnight. I haven't gone to bed before midnight in easily 20 years. So there's nothing interesting or unique about new year's anymore right yeah that was always the special occasion once in a blue moon literally once in a blue moon once a year Mm -hmm. stay up until midnight if you could make it yep and i just i i've inherited my father's sleeping habits Mm -hmm. so uh, I always wanted to be a night owl and stay up late like he does. And I could only do it once a year, yep. but it was always, it was always a treat and I had no problem doing it. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a Boston tradition that didn't happen this year for the first time in decades was the three stooges marathon. Really? I mean, yeah, my family used to always watch that on uh, channel 38, uh, in, here in Boston uh, every year they would do a, several hours long three stooges marathon i can't remember if it would stop at midnight or if it would go past midnight but uh they they lost the syndication rights oh my god end of an era yeah (laughs) which i would watch it with my father i would him and i would sit and i'd I'd be like i remember one year very distinctly i think oh you know what year was i'm pretty sure it was 99 into 2000 the big Mm -hmm. year and we waited for the computers to all crash and Skynet <laughs> to take over while I was playing uh, Spider Man on my Game Boy. I remember that New Year's very well because it was uh, an entire themed block of programming on Nickelodeon. They had special Y2K episodes or, or New Millennium episodes for SpongeBob. That was the one where Squidward gets sent to the future, aired on New Year's Eve. 1999. Is that the, the, um, the one where he's future? Yep. <laughs> um, the Keenan and Kel episode in the future where Chris from Rigby's is a robot and uh, that aired New Year's Eve 1999. I just, I like remember that whole night's block of television being just incredibly different from anything you'd normally get. <laughs> there was one year and I think it was 96 and the 97 or maybe the following year, but Nickelodeon was hyping up their New Year's Eve programming, and they were doing like a big, big thing for that. It was like all the, the whole the cast of all that at the time, which, you know, golden era, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pre-SNL Keenan. Yep. And for our age group, it's the only thing we cared about. We didn't care about what uh, the news channels were doing. So obviously well before Anderson and Andy, but uh, it, that's what I wanted to watch. And literally weeks, weeks leading up to this airing, they're, they're talking about, 
oh, we got some big surprise planned for, for New Year's Eve. You don't want to miss it. Blah, blah, blah. It's like every promo they ran was touting this big surprise that they were going to drop uh, right at the turn of the, the new year. So it was live, too. That was the thing. It very rarely did they ever do any sort of live programming on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah. this whole thing was live. And, oh, nothing better than a bunch of... Uh, th- there's no way any of those those individuals were sober. <laughs> on on a children's network with live programming airing but so the the watching it and then the you know clock counts down it's midnight everyone's going nuts and then like with literally five seconds before they're getting ready to cut to you know a, a Rocco's Modern Life rerun Laurie Beth yells oh what was the surprise and Josh Josh server goes mm-hmm. huh Oh, yeah, we're going to stay on until 1 a.m. <laughs> that was it? That's what you were touting oh. for several weeks? An extra hour? Oh, my God. You mean you mean an extra 20 minutes in the ball pit? <laughs> I oh. do not remember that. Oh, I was probably, mad. The spirit of disappointment probably blocked it from my memory. Oh, I was so mad. I mean, I guess in hindsight, like, all right, exciting if you can then go to your parents and be like, yeah, hey, Nickelodeon's going to be on for another hour. Can I stay up? Mm-hmm. You know, the unheard of. You know, at that point, you're like, wait, there's a there's a one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, so. So that is the tale of why New Year's disappointed me the first time. Ah, but that's that was the year you learned that life is just an ever-ending series of misery and disappointment. <laughs> and it could have, honestly, it could have disappointed me this year too had I cared enough to watch, for example, CNN, because on CNN they're uh, you know Anderson Cooper, Andy Cohen, very well known for getting inebriated, very inebriated every New Year's, mm-hmm. uh, and then. You know, loose lips, especially two delightfully flamboyant individuals oh, yeah. such as Anderson and Andy. And this is it's so weird because because the guy who's in charge of CNN now, his name is Chris Licht. And mm-hmm. his his uh, previous gig was the showrunner for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Right. He turned Colbert's show around. Uh, Colbert has been number one. Well, yeah. partially thanks to him, partially thanks to Trump. But Licht did a very good job on... Colbert show and then he left to uh, take charge of CNN and now he's just being blasted because of the way he's running CNN even though he's trying to like desensationalize CNN and make it more I guess legitimate if you want to you know argue and say that but Mm -hmm. but one of his mandates this being the first year that he's running CNN is uh, Anderson and Andy cannot drink? Ooh, or they can, you but fucker. But, but but you know, in celebration only, and not uh, you know, just pounding tins of varnish while they're on air. <laughs> N- no, you can't do that. Yep, I've been drinking again. What's next? No snorting cocaine off a hooker's tits. <laughs> Why not you tie my shoelaces together while you're at it? <laughs> So uh, CNN and all their their power and glory and wisdom uh, just completely forgot to air uh, the countdown. They didn't. Even do it. They didn't even do it. Oh, they, my they God. Forgot. They were showing. I think it was Don Lemon. I might be wrong, but I think it was Don Lemon singing back that ass up. <laughs> back that ass up, uh, which was hilarious and it's hilarious in its own way because they really had to test out that delay mm-hmm. because he's just like every other word was was blacked out oh yeah and they were showing that and in the corner they show the balls it's like going down and going down and they didn't even do a countdown they didn't even do oh it. they just God. missed it entirely that's amazing that's <laughs> almost better than an actual planned event and then i go on reddit and people are saying there's a post that says CBS had the worst New Year's Eve programming uh, ever. And then like a couple of posts down, ABC had the worst New Year's programming ever. Huh. And you go down a little bit further. 
NBC's New Year's Eve programming was the worst. Like, I, I guess all of them were bad. Yeah, they just completely dropped the ball. Uh, <laughs> guy's so funny. On uh, on December 30th, someone just reminded them, hey, you guys know what day tomorrow is, right? And they all just went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hilarious if the only, like, good, worth watching New Year's Eve programming was on, like, OAN. Or, or, or Newsmax, <laughs> the only time, the only thing that would have been worth watching. Mike Liddell, uh, on the stroke of midnight, presented irrefutable proof that the election was stolen, <laughs> but no one was paying any attention to him. Is G four uh, is G four still on? That would have been that would have been grand. I don't think so. So the so you know G four came back, right? I don't know if I knew that. Okay, so G4, which was a video game channel. First yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. First it was Tech TV, then it became G4, and that was like, you know, the channel you watch for video game stuff. And then it mm-hmm. went off the air, and in that time, then, you know, Twitch came about. And, right, uh, yeah. The, you know, it's so... Getting anything related to video games is so easily accessible <laughs> these days. You do not need traditional television to do it for yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. But for some reason, G4 came back last year and it, it mm. didn't make it too long. And people were saying, this is just like, it's like I'm paying, I'm paying for a cable subscription to watch Twitch is basically yeah, what they were saying. Exactly. Yeah. And their final numbers, they posted less than like a thousand viewers on average for the channel. Oh which my is, God. Which is like abhorrent. Wow. Which, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying Holy is, shit. what I'm saying is the the best New Year's programming could have been on G4. And we just did. Oh, know. yeah. Because <laughs> no one was watching it. Yep. Um, but uh, see, the problem is they didn't have Morgan Webb this time around. They had Adam, Adam Sessler, I think his name was, with, yeah. his, with his bald head and gap between his teeth. But, uh, <laughs> you know, who, who, who wants to jerk it to that? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure I could muster something, but I wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> well, uh, Becky and I, we spent New Year, our first Christmas and our first New Year's together. Oh, gay! And uh, we rang in New Year's by watching Jurassic Park. Nice. Is that a tradition of yours or just a thing you wanted to do? Just a thing we wanted to do. Cool. She wanted to watch it, and I said, I will never say no to Jurassic Park. There you go. Never say no. Um, and then we watched, uh, I can't remember if it was the same night or a different night, but we watched that Nickelodeon documentary um, on Hulu, I believe it is. It's called The Orange Years. Okay. Huh. It's been, it came out a couple of years ago, but they they do a pretty good job. They, they try to keep it to 90 minutes, but they do a very good job of covering really the basics of the 90s era Nickelodeon. Interesting. And they interviewed... A whole lot of people, a whole lot of people behind the shows, not just the I feel like whenever they do these like exercises and nostalgia with Nickelodeon, like Keenan's mm-hmm. always there. And yeah, um, they, they have like a couple other folks from all that. And maybe like the the actresses from Rugrats. But they really went out and got um, they, they got the host for Nick Arcade, for example. <laughs> uh, they got Ben Stiller's wife because she was on Hey Dude. Uh, bo- both Pete's <laughs> were there from the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Did they get stick stickly? No, they got face, but they didn't get stick stickly. <laughs> what I found out, you'll, you'll learn this if you're if you watch a documentary, is that the creator of Blues Clues, shit, didn't realize it was a lady and didn't realize she was banging. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, she she was she's a smoke show. <laughs> so uh, I guess it doesn't surprise me. So that was that was my that was my New Year's, but um uh much better than it's been in, in recent years. That's good. Glad to hear it. Were you at the party that Kate and I threw when we moved into this house back in 2016? Yes, okay. yes I was. I remember because it was my first time playing VR. I was playing your Batman PlayStation VR game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my buddy Mike Wu brought that over. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I was just thinking about how that year... Probably by 10.30 p.m., I was exhausted. I was tired. I wanted to wind down. And this is the like antithesis of what New Year's was like when we were kids, the excitement of staying up late. Yeah. Uh, I look at the clock. It's 10.30 p.m. And I'm like, I want, I want to go to bed. I want to lie down on the couch. I don't, I, I don't want 
any of this. Mm-hmm. So then midnight comes about and everyone's all and then uh I I don't think I ex- exclaimed as much but pretty much everybody get out. <laughs> it's midnight, it's 2017. I'm happy y'all came. Be safe getting home. <laughs> it's snowing out by the way, so really be safe. But but, but please mm-hmm. get out. Oh, I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And Mike, I God love Mike, but Mike Wu, but he you know, as he packed up his PlayStation VR, he then proceeded to stand on my porch until 1.30 in the morning. Oh, my Talking God. my ear off. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the difference is we like Mike. Yeah, true. So uh, that was uh, that was a good year, though. Was, I think that was the last time I did, like, anything uh, above and beyond for any uh, any really any holiday, like even New Year's. I don't I can't Honestly, remember. Last time. Probably me, too. I'm I, I don't really remember. We. I've never we've never really made a big deal out of it because it, it, like a few days earlier, you have the massive social gathering of Christmas. It's like who wants to then have a second massive social gathering three days later? It's memorable if you're like spending it with, you know, someone special for the first time or like every once in yeah. a while you're getting people together and doing that. Or if you even want to go and brave the crowds. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in the city. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I. uh a couple of years ago, honestly, man, I think I even just slept through. It. I think I fell asleep at like eleven and just like woke <laughs> yeah. up the next morning. Like, oh, cool! It's uh twenty whatever. <laughs> the twenty twenties. This decade will definitely not be uh, in the history books for how horrible it is. So, uh, Greg Opie Hughes, who uh, follows this show on Twitter, very blessed Ooh, friend of the show, uh, posted this. Happy New Year! <laughs> and I will never not say it. Yeah. What can we say? We just love some old dick on this show. <laughs> you know, because what's more politically correct than making fun of a, you know, a stroke victim? His <laughs> inability to but both it, speak and count. But it's it's loving. We everyone loved him. I don't and have his inability to say new. <laughs> I don't I don't have the, the whole audio because it's painful. It really is painful, mm-hmm. but I'll still happily, you know, uh, paraphrase it, quote it when he was trying to count down from 10 and skip several numbers and repeat it a couple. <laughs> yeah. Before uh, finally uttering. Happy New Year. I'll never not say it. Obi was yeah. posting it. People were saying it to Obi. I, lo- I love how that the Obi and Anthony's dead and people will still yet. Oh yeah, uh, reach out to them. The show is dead. No, they're both still very much. Oh, alive. I know. Well, I I like how uh, I regularly will hear references to Opie in a positive light, or he'll I'll, he'll show up on like uh, you know as a celebrity judge on like Food Network shows or the like. Meanwhile, Anthony Cumia, to the best of my knowledge, is a like OANN uh, guest star, QAnon supporter. Kind of didn't he kind of go off the deep end? pretty wildly anthony is still i'll I'll check in into his show because he's he's doing his his podcast uh subscription show whatever you want to call it and i mean he's still the funniest motherfucker around he's still Mm -hmm. anthony he is he is uh you know i will i will never not dig on his uh comedy um his wit but i definitely there's uh, some of his views I definitely don't agree with, and I tr- and I try to forget that he you know has has you know guest hosted Infowars for example. Like there's yeah there's that might be what I'm thinking of. Like I feel like the only times I've heard his name in recent years have made me go, ooh, that's not good. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's but I mean there's at the same time I mean I've been sent clips of him sitting in on other um, uh, podcasts, and it's definitely things that like you know it's one of those things where the humor wasn't it wasn't necessarily correct in 2008 but it's definitely not correct now but i'll still laugh. yeah i will stick because it's still anthony it's still it's still there i do get it so but there's you know the there's other things though where i'll be like look it's not for me but i you know i'm, I'm not gonna say that uh because there's other people out there who'll be like yeah how could you like such a cretin how could you how could you like that trash and I'm like, no you know what it's i'm looking past it yeah. I will look past it. I just I will not I will not get into the, the debate on his political beliefs and other things that he spews. I, I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the, the radio personality and the uh and the comedian and 
you know, secretly hope, you know, here's, well, I'd hope that one day he and Opie get back together. They, they, yeah. they, cause they're, they're, they're both like in their sixties now. Like really we're doing this, right. but at the same time, I think that secretly they've been buddies this whole time and it's <laughs> just, it's just a public feud. Huh? Interesting. That's my, uh, <laughs> that's my, my belief anyway. But anywho, um, history's greatest conspiracy. Have you, I know how you are with, uh, sports, but have you been paying attention at all to the, the what happened with that Buffalo Bills player? I am aware that it happened and that's about the extent of it. Okay. It's just nuts. It's, it's been like all over the, uh, Damar Hamlin is his name, by the way, mm-hmm. it's been all over the, the news, uh, for the last few days because it's just really something that's just never happened to that I- extreme during a, you know, especially like a contact sport like football. Yeah. Right. Where you're just, uh, you're getting your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. You're literally taking hits to the head. I mean, CTE has been a big deal. Oh, yeah. In in just really, the, I'd say in the last decade, that's really, you know, come to light when you've, you've seen football stars and athletes really who who have either they've taken their own lives or in the case of Aaron Hernandez taken other lives but mm-hmm. it's it all traces back to them having CTE just because of this head trauma yeah honestly my I, I mean this is, this is me pulling back the curtain here but my mother the way my mother is I wouldn't be surprised if she has it just right I, you know learning when CTE came out or not when it came out but when it really came to light yeah, as yeah. something that is been brought on by by head trauma you know my mother suffered it a few right. times just huh. car accident she's she's the luck of a kennedy driving a motor vehicle yeah <laughs> thank god it hasn't happened in uh decades now at this point but i think you know it, she's she's had a few of them right like to the point where, like you, you, you women wear a helmet while you're driving yeah but it's just uh, you know that that stuff has uh you know, long lasting effects. And it just, it leads to the deterioration over the years. So anyway, I mean, again, on a side tangent about that, but you know, CT has become a, you know, a, a thing, but then, uh, to watch someone just randomly have a, you know, a cardiac episode mm-hmm. after tackling someone. Yeah. Uh, you know, athletes have definitely had that in the past, but not to that degree. They've never had to all of a sudden stop a game then suspend it entirely and then yeah. cancel it days later. That has never happened before. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So, but as of right now, as of recording, he is awake. He's communicating. I guess his first question after waking up was, did we win? <laughs> um, the game is not being, uh, they're not uh, resuming the game though, which is, um, I'm I'm kind of surprised they're not resuming the game, but the, the because it's the end of the football season, mm-hmm. it's the end of the regular season. So this this you, you have a very tight schedule you need to go by, and that whole schedule now needs to be rejiggered because yeah. the, this there's now one regular season game that is more or less unfinished. So right, um, but I guess you know again is I'm I'm happy that the guy's alive and he's awake. And I don't think anyone's talking about like if he's going to get back into the game or if he's going to retire early because you got to imagine that's if you have one heart attack like that, do you do you try to get back into it? I probably wouldn't personally, but (laughs) yeah, I don't think I would either. Yeah, especially because like it seems like what happened to him was just. Is it, is it just a line from Family Guy? It's like Adam West says something about like I have a I have a small piece of like like a bulletproof vest somewhere on my chest, and if you hit it in the right spot, the exact spot, I will deflect <laughs> the bullet. Like it's something so ridiculous, but that's essentially like you get hit in the right spot. It's a one in a million shot, and it can cause a heart attack. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, most of what I've heard about for this is uh, from my f- following of politics Twitter. There is a prop, hopefully small yet nonetheless vocal uh, group of anti-vaxxers who are uh, 
of the belief that the COVID vaccine is what caused his cardiac event. And, uh, you know, many people are responding to that saying it was probably to the blow to the chest he took moments beforehand. Like that's probably more relevant than a COVID vaccine that has not had any symptoms of cardiac arrest in any of the millions of people who've taken it. But, you know, you're going to believe what you're going to believe. So logic, surely you jest. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was seeing that and hearing that, too. And uh, at this point, I discounted all is just trolling. I don't yeah. I don't think there's anyone out there that really. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that really believe it. But the majority that you're going to hear from people um, they're they're saying it because they know it's just going to rile. It's going to rile people up and it's going to piss them off. But uh, I mean, you see whenever uh, I see it on like TMZ posts now, Uh, for example, uh, today, an actor by the name of Earl Bowen died, Mm -hmm. who uh, I knew him as Dr. Siberman in the Terminator. I'm looking for that. I'm supposed to be here. But uh, you know him as the narrator from World of Warcraft. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard his voice so many times over the years. Uh, he passed away today, aged 81, um, yeah. I believe, from from cancer. But mm-hmm. uh, no doubt there are people on social media yeah. on the on the where the posts, the, the, the death announcement posts where they're responding with it was the vaccine, the vaccine. Yeah. Them. This is what happens when you take the covid vaccine. It, it, shut yeah. up. It's otherwise unprecedented for an 81 year old to die. <laughs> An 81-year-old with cancer was brought on by the vaccine. Yep. You know why he was 81? Because he took the vaccine. Yeah. You don't age. If you if you, if you take the COVID vaccine, you will age in sequential numbers year to year. Yeah. I didn't it take the COVID. Actually, it, it, it'll, it'll mess up your temporal location at a rate of one second per second. <laughs> I didn't take the COVID vaccine, and I've been 15 for the last 500 years. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I saw, I saw that, uh, I saw that too. And, uh, of course it's going to come out cause it's also, it's again, it's something unprecedented in this day and age. Now, if, if it's something that is out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. that's just where we're going to jump to. Yeah, exactly. But. Yep. Everything is, every single thing that happens is just proof of the thing I already wanted to believe was true. Um, there, there was, uh, a great deal of time spent, though, the other night, uh, Monday night, where people were just under the assumption that they just watched someone die on national television. Yeah, I guess that would be, yeah, because freaky dude. He, he tackled, I believe his name is T. Huggins, mm-hmm. tackled him, stands up and then just freezes and just falls over. Yeah. Uh, and no one knew what was going on. He didn't get up. So there was a, a period of time where we just assumed, oh, so someone just died on television. Yeah. Um, and then just all wow. the, the commentary. I mean, everyone was shook up by all the commentary from uh, all the all the folks on, you know, from ESPN and the, you know, the, the actual commentator like Joe Buck and uh, what's his name there? The other the other dude. I'm so versed in sports. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be able to help you out here. <laughs> but they were all um, they they were clearly fucked up by it. And Scott Van Pelt was messed up by it. And there's um they're all saying the same thing that, you know, it wasn't about the game anymore. It was about, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a human being and human life. And it was just taking me back to the, I keep dropping my pen. I'm sorry. Um, I keeps taking me back to when John Lennon was shot. And, uh, when, when, because that was, you were getting your news pretty much here from the television or the radio. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was who's going to be the first one to break it. You didn't have the internet back then, and of all places for that news to be broken, I think it was like it was during a football game. Huh. It was Howard Cosell. He was the the uh, commentator, the announcer, and he's like, "Remember, it is just a football game," and then he has to be the one to announce that Lennon was shot and killed. Wow. But just when they were talking about that, though, and just, you know, what everyone was talking about, you know, it's not about the game anymore. It's like, this is the first time I've ever seen this happen. Yeah. There are are people that will literally kill each other over sports. Yep. And this is uh, 
the one the one time where everyone's in unity over something. Yep. So, but uh, anyway, that's uh, that's that. That's that's sports on the Akin Jack yeah. Show. <laughs> sport. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our sport segment. <laughs> and uh, quickly. It is, of course, the date of recording. It is the sixth of January. It is. Uh, it's been two years uh, since a a day that will truly live in infamy. Mm-hmm. A day that s- certainly will never be forgotten. Um, a day that was um, very intense um, for 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 me because that was the day that I built my computer. All by myself. Good job. A gaming PC, which I don't use for playing games on. <laughs> Except for recently, because I finally said, fuck it. I, I need to, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here with this thing that I've been using either to, to record this por- podcast on or watch porn. <laughs> so why don't I use it for, for gaming? And I've been playing uh, because a, ver- a big update came out for it. Um, a quote-unquote next-gen update, uh, The Witcher 3. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. I actually, so I got really confused. I thought it was the original Witcher was upgraded to next-gen, and I saw some video clips and went, holy shit, that is an amazing <laughs> upgrade. And then I was, oh, that's Witcher 3, not Witcher 1. Okay, well, that's less impressive, but still somewhat impressive. My understanding <laughs> is there is a remake of the first Witcher game in development. I believe there is, yeah. CD Projekt and their never-ending quest to get back all that nice PR they had before Cyberpunk <laughs> uh, announced uh, like a, a whole slate of projects in development, including uh, the night, you know, The Witcher Four. Uh, I believe a remake of the first game, which is good because that fucking game's terrible. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like, I remember when people were first telling me I needed to play The Witcher games. I was saying, well, I I don't like to start a series in the middle. I would prefer to go back and start with the first game. And everyone just said, don't. It's it's not good. Right. Like the story is good. The characters are good. But you don't need to know anything from it to enjoy the second and third. And it plays like ass. Yeah, I've tried playing. I have it. I've tried playing. I think I, I, I made it about 20 minutes into it before I'm like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But um, I've heard the second one's better. I yeah, have the second I one too. I own the sec. I bought the second one on the Steam Christmas sale two or maybe three years ago at this point. It was $5 for the Game of the Year edition with all DLC. I've never played it. But it was one of those, you know, even if I never play it, it will still be worth just the $5 <laughs> just to have. It's too good a deal to pass up. Uh, Witcher, I mean, Witcher 3, I was sort of in the same boat, but then I had to remind myself, well, Elder Scrolls hadn't mm-hmm. played one until five, which is Skyrim. Uh, yeah, Fallout true. didn't play any of them until three. So mm-hmm. as long as they're literally not like uh, one after the other, where like you, you literally jump into it and have no idea what's going on. I think those games are usually right. pretty accessible. Yeah. But uh, I, it's really just testing my computer to see like, okay, because this is me and this is how I do things. Mm-hmm. Knowing my luck, building a computer, not... You know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a frugal bastard, so you know I'm I'm not going to go for the super cheap stuff. But I won't. It's got to last me a few years before I got to build the next one. Oh yeah, absolutely. But also knowing my luck, building something and then finding out that it can't run shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's also a a fear. But it's uh, no, I mean, I, I, now if you don't care about ray tracing, because that's the big thing now. Mm-hmm. I've got now the the RTX card I have was that I got that after I built the computer and I got it by accident. So I I I can do the fancy ray tracing with you know the the realistic lighting reflections and now every game has to be set in a during a rainstorm so you can see the yeah, puddles yeah, yeah. and the reflections. Uh, it, it it can do it, but if I want to sacrifice like performance and very choppy and just not. Uh, conducive to a good gaming experience but if i turn all right. that off then i'm i'm sitting pretty because i'm trying to play new games on that's a thing I don't- yeah that's always the 
do I revisit my old reliables for the 50th time or do I play an actual game that came out in the past decade? Right. I the, the first game that I played on this after I built it and put it together was uh, Undertale. Nice. Which is not very Beautiful. intensive in terms of performance. No, it's not. It's emotionally intensive, but not very graphically intensive. Right. But Witcher 3 with this update, it runs well. It runs Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. you know, well, that being a subjective statement um and then have you played a plague tale no um you did tell me about it and i saw it got a bunch of nominations at the game awards so this is the era in which we live the fact that game pass exists Mm -hmm. uh forgetting that xbox is all about cloud save and cross progression now that's i can uh just load up on my on my computer a plague tale innocence or requiem Mm -hmm. That's yep. the that's the one that just came out, and pick up from where I left off on my Xbox. Nice. But that being a new game, put it into the test. Runs fine. Awesome for, for a two year old machine that uh, I'm just blowing the dust off and of now to play some stuff on it. So and then I found out. Okay, so that's another game. That's that's the second game in this series, this Plague Tale mm-hmm. series, and I I bought it because the commercial looked cool. Yeah, but think and it's definitely one of those games where it's picking up after some major events and you you know you go into it and you're kind of clueless as to what's going on and i'm like oh maybe mm-hmm. i should try the first one i find mm-hmm. out i've got so many copies of that goddamn game i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> i suck oh am i just stupid because it, it was it was given out as a freebie on like every platform so i've got it on uh i've got it on uh, the epic game store i've got it on playstation plus i think have somewhere else on some other pc platform and i'm like what why why what that is very funny. <laughs> Have you had something like that happen where you're like, oh, I want to play this and you didn't realize or you actually went and bought it and didn't realize you already had a copy of it? I feel like, yes, that has happened. And I feel like it happened recently and I'm just not going to be able to remember the specifics. But yeah, I'm sure it has. I mean, Stephanie and I share a Steam library. So usually, you know, I'll check that first to see if one of us owns something already. But um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Now, there's the occasional game I've liked enough that I've intentionally bought multiple times. I mean, Skyrim being the infamous one that everyone owns 50 versions of. But uh, <laughs> like, uh, for example, Life is Strange, I bought on the PC originally. It quickly became one of my favorite games of all time. I bought the Game of the Year edition on Xbox and now there's a collector's edition of multiple of the games bundled together, which I have considered buying that as well, um, just because I like the studio and I want to reward them for making a game that I like so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, Witcher 3 is, this is the third platform that I've procured the game on, but mm-hmm. also um, uh, I haven't had to pay for copies of this is the first time i actually paid for a copy of it nice because uh my former employer the video game studio mm-hmm. published the witcher 3 in the u.s so uh, i was able to get it for free uh-huh. but uh uh oh no now i have to pay for my games <laughs> what the fuck ever it was 10 bucks yeah. yeah for a game that came out in 2015 yeah, that's the thing. So many games come out so quickly. You can't possibly play them all. Instead of worrying about playing the most current ones, except for some ones you really, really want to play right away, just fucking play them when you get to them. And by the time you get to them, it's going to be a fraction of the price it would have been brand new. Right. That's my Steam library. That's Game Pass. Yep. But, uh, okay, you don't... What sucks about Game Pass is it's like Netflix. It's like HBO Max that the things aren't going to be up there uh, forever. Yeah. So some games I've, I've already had this happen where I've been playing some games on there and uh, then I find out they're being taken off the, the service. It happened Man. with Final Fantasy 13, I believe it is. Um, okay. That was on Game Pass. It's been, I've started playing it. I don't play a lot of the Final Fantasy games. I was really into it, and then mm-hmm. those bastards took it off. And then I find out, though, Kate didn't take any of her Xbox games with her when she left, and she mm-hmm. apparently had it 
she had a physical copy. Oh, it, nice. So I've been able to pick it back up and uh like did you save data transfer over? Oh yeah. Oh good. See, that's what I mean, again, we are putting our faith in technology and in the cloud, but mm -hmm. Xbox doing it right where they, they no longer do you need uh memory cards or hard drives for for um uh save data. Yeah. It's all in the cloud. So if you get uh if it doesn't have cross progression between console and PC, then if you get a new Xbox console, all your stuff's right there. Yeah. Now I know like in these situations it's obviously a, a godsend to have it like that. I have seen some people who really hate this new, like always online method of game ownership, because I guess, uh, you know, if you peruse the, you know, those agreements you, you check off when, you know, you sign up, you have like a 10 page contract. Nobody reads a lot of these. You are just sort of leasing the pro programs. So if the servers go down, if 20 years from now, EA says, yeah, we're not maintaining these servers anymore. You're, you're, you don't own that game anymore. It just doesn't exist anymore. Right. So I've seen people be very wary of this new trend. <laughs> uh, like I think uh, Blizzard did it with uh, their, when they did their Warcraft 3, they overwrote the original Warcraft 3 oh, with yeah. their remaster. And people were pissed about that. Like, I bought that game with the intention of owning it forever. I didn't give you permission to replace it with a different game. A shittier <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah, that re Warcraft 3 Reforged. Not, yeah, a that good, everyone not a hated. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Rockstar Games faced a similar backlash when they put out the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, because those were... They were... Like the visual remakes of the the PlayStation Two games, but they were not very good. Yeah, and they had a very botched launch. But what pissed a lot of people off was that the same thing happened. They replaced the original versions of the game. Yeah. So if you, I, I don't think I think if you owned it, you were fine. Yeah. But if you were trying to buy like Grand Theft Auto Vice City, for example, you had to buy the definitive edition and not the right. original version. And there was yeah. enough backlash that Rockstar put the original versions back up for sale but it like it shouldn't have to come to that yeah exactly <laughs> especially when like the you know that the the newer versions are not good yeah like this can't possibly have come as a complete surprise to you <laughs> right so uh i yeah that's i see i do see i do see both sides of the argument i'm a simpleton mm -hmm. i like i just like having the the option available and like how I I also think about like okay how's it going to affect me but mm -hmm. I you know I'm waiting for the um you know I'm waiting for the day when something I own that I think I own is then taken away from me that hasn't happened yet yeah I'm, I'm a, a lot of this I'm sure is just sort of theoretical and you know may or may not ever happen but I I know the fear is there if you go on if you go on the Reddit gaming communities where they hate gaming and every game and every game company, <laughs> uh, there's a there's a lot of fear about this, the inevitability of this. Yeah, there's uh, someone who is upset that like their their copy of Madden 20 they couldn't play anymore because mm -hmm. the the servers were taken offline, and that's because there's a Madden game that comes out every year. Yeah, you, you yeah. stupid asshole! Why aren't you buying a new Madden game every year? Yeah. We gave you we gave you Madden 23. Why aren't you playing it? Yep. And Madden 24 is coming out soon. Get that. Because then soon yep. they're going to shut down the servers for 22. Mm -hmm. So if it, to the sports gamers, we say, fuck you. Yeah. Give us your money. Meh. Because it, it's so much easier to uh, release uh, the same game every year and charge full price for it rather than, uh, you know, just have one game and update it every year. Yeah. It's honestly wild that that's still the normal practice. I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. it made, I guess it made sense back in the nineties, but it's not the nineties anymore, man. Yeah. They're there. We've really hit diminishing returns on how impressive each new iteration can be. I love seeing like either the switch version or cause I think, I, I don't think they're doing any of them at this point, but um, you know, the, the sports games are usually the last ones to come that where they'll still be supporting like, 
two generations ago. Yeah. So it, it'll only be, you know, recently that you can still get a new copy of it on uh, like the PlayStation 3, for example. But yeah. it, they look so bad, though. Oh yeah, I'm sure they've got a team of four people programming them. Yeah, compared to the compared to the other, uh, the you know the current generation versions, the soccer games are always interesting because they will uh, they will run those ones for as long as they can because uh, you know it's the it's countries like Brazil, for example, yeah, that are super into them. But it's also countries that are Brazil who are like, hey guys, the PlayStation Two, it just came yeah. out here, it's great. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so um all right well uh the last thing i wanted to go over here is this hodgepodge going on in washington oh yeah with kevin mccarthy who is uh he is currently on this the, the the hit reality tv show who wants to be speaker of the house <laughs> and he's where the, the only rule is it's not kevin mccarthy <laughs> he's he's currently the favorite to lose yeah so oh i i know where, where to start with this uh how many times can you lose um theoretically infinite to the best of my knowledge um now i've seen a lot of theory crafting about this um about what options there are to get out of this if they just never come to a consensus uh and i don't know if any of them could potentially like actually happen but otherwise this they congress can't convene right there there are no sitting congressmen we currently have no Congress because they can't be sworn in until they elect a speaker. Uh, so all they can do, they can vote on two things. Who is the speaker and do we adjourn for the day? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's it. Um, so I think odds are good that Kevin McCarthy will be worn down. So last I saw when I, when I last checked this afternoon, it was 13th vote. He had finally made a little bit of headway because he had about 20 holdouts who were refusing to vote for him. And I think he got all but seven finally switched over to him after massive, massive concessions that make him already like the weakest <laughs> speaker in, in modern history. Um, but of the remaining seven, because the Republican margin is so small, he can only afford, I believe, two voting against him. Right. So he needs the five, I, I think either four or five of the remaining seven um, to, to switch over to him. And these are all hardliners who really don't want to vote for him. And I think the the Republican hard, hardliners, they're they're the real deal. They I don't think they're like playing it up for clout or anything. I think the, these are the true believers. These are the true Trump MAGA Republicans. They they got nothing but time and all the energy in the world to fuck things up forever. This is what they have been born to do. They 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 are having the time of their life. <laughs> They have no incentive to ever switch over to supporting McCarthy. So I think it's probably more likely that McCarthy gets worn down, gives up, and they just pick someone else. That's the only way he can get out of this is if he concedes and says, I don't want to do it. Well, I mean, everyone else could switch to someone else without his consent, but uh, they'd have to pick. I think Steve Scalise is the likely successor from what I've heard. Right. But, um, and it has to be a Republican, right? Doesn't have to be, but it's going to be. Okay. Um, so now what's interesting, the pipe dream for Democrats. Now the speaker of the house in order to win, you need a simple majority. So exactly 50% plus one, but Every time a congressman leaves the House floor, they can no longer vote. And that number goes down. 
a couple of congressmen have already had to leave due to either having other engagements. I know one um, like had a surgery they had to go to, medical appointments, whatever. A lot of these are really old people. They can't sit around in the same building for days and days. As they start to leave, the total number you need to win goes down. So theoretically, if the Democrats continue voting in lockstep for Hakeem Jeffries, and then enough Republicans just give up and leave so they can't vote anymore, then the then Hakeem Jeffries could win, could get the simple majority of the remaining congressmen. So he would be Speaker of the House, even though it's a Republican majority. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that's considered very unlikely. I think uh, most people agree the Republicans would immediately coalesce around someone else before allowing that to happen. You mentioned Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, what was this uh, thing that happened the other day when the name was exclaimed, but in a certain, oh, yeah. in a certain I, inflection? <laughs> it wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. But yeah, the article said uh, Leroy Jenkins invoked on House floor. It was just, uh, I forget, a congressman from California democrat when he when he came to give his vote he just did in the typical so uh, I, I have the audio you want to hear it yeah yeah absolutely okay so uh here we go mccarthy huffman jeffries and like, I thought it would be funny if someone just literally nominated Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, uh, it, that this being a reference, obviously, to something that's almost 20 years old. Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God, one, he just voted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm estimating Kevin McCarthy's chances of 0. 0.00 repeating, of course. <laughs> Yeah, a, a fun quirk of the of the American political system is the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. So theoretically, every single person could nominate Leroy Jenkins, and then they would have to go find some guy named Leroy Jenkins, and he'd be Speaker of the House. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I have been watching The West Wing, mm -hmm. and there's a whole story arc where the 25th Amendment is invoked, mm -hmm. and uh, the vice president resigns shortly before this incident occurs that results in the 25th being invoked, so they have to go to the, the next person down, who's yeah, the president pro, to pro, pro tem. Well, they go to the speaker. They talk about oh, President right, Pro right, Tem, right. but the next person in line, because the, the VP, there is no VP, so the next right, person right, right, is right. The, the speaker. Uh, ably played by John Goodman. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's got me thinking, is there hesitation with bringing in McCarthy in, that, in the back of their minds? They're thinking, what if this guy becomes a president? What if, um, what if something happens where this guy... Uh, you know, just de facto is in charge. I don't think that's it as much. Um, I think so. So to my understanding, the majority of the, of the bad blood between McCarthy and the hardliners is McCarthy is an establishment Republican figure. Um, he's been in office for like a decade or so now. These hardliners are like the new to Congress in the past few years, the anti-establishment, anti-deep state, drain the swamp, Trump people. And so they're, what they've said is we will not vote for anyone who has been in Congress for 10 years or longer because you're the establishment at that point. We're kicking you out, new blood only. And uh, also the fact that Kevin McCarthy has a super PAC that has gone to primary against uh these hardliners so basically kevin mccarthy raises money to try to get try to stop more people from this caucus from getting into congress okay and so they've basically said oh yeah you're gonna do that well fuck you we will burn this whole goddamn city to the ground before letting you rule us <laughs> do you think Anytime soon, he's going to get those remaining votes that he needs, or are we just going to be drawn this out for another week, another two weeks? 
Um, I think it's more likely that he'll give up and they'll pick. Because I think a lot of them have said, yeah, it's just McCarthy we don't want. We will literally take anyone else but McCarthy. Yeah, will you take like, me? I'm looking for something new to do. <laughs> so, okay, that has actually been brought up um, that they nominate Trump. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> the, like, a, I think a couple... I think one, yeah, Gates, Matt Gates. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Took, yeah, took a, a break a... from molesting underage children to uh, <laughs> nominate Donald Trump uh, for Speaker of the House. But uh, I think it's generally understood that it's a lot of work for very little glory, which is the exact opposite of what Donald Trump wants. So I don't think he would take the job. Oh, let's let's bring it back. No, he he gets it. He becomes Speaker of the House. Uh, but we're changing it to Speaker of Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago North. That is the new name of the house because that's my house. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then the deep state assassinates the current president. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the current vice president, which uh, that means the 25th has to be uh, invoked. And then Trump becomes a president again. Oh, my God. That's how it, that's that's how it's going to go. You know what I think would be really funny? Like super funny. What's that? Trump runs. Well, I guess he did technically announce his campaign. He he is running again in 2024. He wins the election. At the last possible moment, everyone in Washington just agrees he actually won the 2020 election. (laughs) And therefore, due to the Constitution, is term limited out and cannot win again in 2024. That's hilarious. <laughs> Why haven't we thought of this already? <laughs> um, you know, I was I, just like researching because I just find that like the whole like succession thing um, mm-hmm. very fascinating. Yeah. And I don't I, this really I feel like it's flew under the, the radar that uh, Biden either in 21 or 22 had uh, a colonoscopy. So they mm-hmm. knocked him out. So for about an hour, presidential power was transferred over to Kamala. Yep. And I feel like this like went under the radar that for an hour yeah. we had, we for the first time in history had a, a female president. Yeah. I'm sure they wanted to not make a big deal out of that. Um, Even if it was you've already got, you've got a ton of people mostly, you know, in the political press who just find this sort of thing fun to report on, um, trying to stir up a 2024 primary, you know, running all the polls saying, if Biden doesn't run for reelection, who will you support trying to, you know, they've been asking out like Adam Schiff and Pete Buttigieg and, you know, every, every democratic star, you know, will you run against Joe Biden in 2024? And they've all just universally been saying, no, Joe Biden is the president and he will be the president again in 2024. He has the full support of the entire Democratic Party. Yeah. Unless he decides, hey, I'm 81 years old. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But I think that's very unlikely to happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I I still get a big kick out of when Cheney was acting president. The, the two times that happened. Uh, during the Bush era, and the mm-hmm. second time he used that hour to pen a letter to his grandchildren that was just nonsensical rambling, <laughs> just so he could sign it, President of the United States. Like I'm pretty wore, sure it was wore like, an onion on my belt because it was the style at the time. <laughs> my dearest grandchildren, milk, bread, <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Your grandpa, President Dick Cheney. <laughs> P.S. I shot that guy in the face. <laughs> and I do it again. <laughs> so, well, that's it. Really, does fascinate me that like you just you just don't like vote for Speaker of the House, and if he doesn't like win, then it just goes to someone else. That they're just going to keep doing it and doing it until someone gives up. Like that's yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, we're not yet at the longest in history, so we're at the longest. In 130 years, I think, pre-Civil War was the last time it extended past a couple of days. Um, But there were, I I was looking at the statistics, there were like two times before the Civil War um, where it was like up to 350 votes before they finally settled on something. But that was also, uh, you know, 
when when we were dealing with the southern states on the verge of seceding from the union uh, versus the northern states. So things were contentious then and things are sort of the most contentious they've been since then. You think so? You think that in that time they would look at the process they would have like done a post-mortem back in 1855 and say what can we do to avoid this happening again there's a lot of things like that in the american political system that i think are like shockingly don't hold up well but uh, the thing is in order to change these things you have to get the consent of the people who benefit the most from them not being changed so (laughs) good luck with that all right it's like I, I'm of the opinion that the concept of the Senate is inherently undemocratic. The 500,000 people in Wyoming have the exact same say in the Senate as the 8 million people in California. Yeah. That's, that's a bit weird to me. I don't think that makes sense. But good luck getting the Senate to abolish the Senate. Because <laughs> it's always the Senate where things, like, things will make it past the House, but then they go to the Senate and it always gets struck down, right? Yeah, it's much harder to pass things because uh, a lot of things in the House just need a simple majority. So if the Democrats have one more person than the Republicans, they can pass all the bills they want. But a lot of these things in the Senate need a filibuster-proof majority, which means 66 senators have to agree on it. And good fucking luck in this day and age getting 66 senators to agree on anything. Yeah, it's really sad when something like uh, women's rights, uh, mm-hmm. abortion, uh get struck down there but um uh fixing the roads though bipartisan agreement no hesitation yeah. there well you know even then there people get pissed off i just saw <laughs> i was reading a twitter thread earlier um mcconnell and biden did a joint uh speaking appearance for the reconstruction of a decaying bridge and people in the comments were pissed off like a lot of the trump you know, anti-establishment Republicans going, you know, ah, see, McConnell's a sellout. McConnell and Biden are working together to undermine you. And it's like <laughs> they're announcing that a bridge is being fixed. How are you against that, you weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> Same person would then drive over the bridge, drive off the bridge because the middle portion of it's missing. Be like, yeah. oh, I wish someone supported this. <laughs> <laughs> I understand too late the irony of the situation. I can just imagine Biden and McConnell like when they're going at it uh, again with the Family Guy references. But there's you know how when they do those like things on Family Guy where they clearly only have enough episode material for about five minutes. So they take something <laughs> else and stretch it over 25. Uh, yeah. There's one scene where it's Herbert versus like the other old guy and they're in their military attire and they're fighting but because they're both like 90 years old it's just they're going very slow and they're not actually inflicting any damage on one another yep that's what i'd imagine a a, a cage wrestling match between biden and mcconnell god probably <laughs> just uh, yeah. hurting themselves rather than each other yep so all right well well, we'll check back in next week to see if uh, we're still <laughs> we're we're still going I'm, at it with McCarthy. I'm curious. It'll never end. No, I like the theory that uh, the Galactic Council in the year twenty five sixty. Every day they convene. Uh, they ceremonially vote no on making Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House, and no one remembers why this tradition started. Wait, well, here was I was like twenty four sixty six or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ak, thank you for uh, taking time out of your uh, Friday Eve to, of course, to join me here. And um, uh, I believe I'll be spending the rest of my Eve uh, using this gaming PC that I built. Nice. Two years later. Yeah, I was watching everything on uh, CNN that night. So, on, uh, mm-hmm. and then I watched Colbert's live episode um, nice. when uh, all that went down. Yep. Crazy to think it's been two years. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. Two what years. Day. That, that's what sucks about getting old. Two years went by really fast. You know, I keep seeing people. I've seen so many meme variations of, uh, you know, some version of like 
someone sneaking up on someone labeled 2023 and then it's like me still processing 2020. I get that. For me, it's 2016. I really feel like 2016 was such a shock to my basic psyche that I've just like, that was the year I just stopped emotionally and I'm just always waiting to wake up and like find out it's actually still 2016 and things went the other direction and Donald Trump never became president and everything we're, we're actually in timeline a where everything is normal and good. Could you do me a favor when you do wake up and it's 2016, can you tell me, Hey, don't do it. Don't get married. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right i'll try to remember <laughs> and you look at the calendar october 24th fuck <laughs> all right well uh thank you for doing this with me i appreciate yeah, it yeah thanks for having me and for the rest of you thank you for listening we will talk at you next time see you bye goodbye may not have happened.